and we're on. I'm here with John Ways. Um, Howdy, Max. I'm good. How are you? Tired. Tired. Yeah. <laughs> we just talked about this. Uh, you just had a you just had a five hour interview yesterday. Yeah, I did. Um, so my manager booked me uh, with a talk show, a virtual talk show host out of the East Coast that he knows because uh, my manager used to do a lot of um, had, have a lot of connections and do a lot of business on the East Coast with uh, clubs and certain interviewers and podcasters and news stations. And he booked me the show about a month or a month and a half ago. He's like, hey, on, uh, you know, on October 8th at 7 p.m you're going to be on the gym master show so i looked it up i was like okay it's a mainly a youtube thing but they have other platforms and then i was under the impression because i did like two or three podcasts back in september and then another one back in july when i was in california for a um youtube shoot that we were doing so i was like okay it's gonna be like an hour and a half maybe two hours kind of like the length of a good movie Mm -hmm. okay and then we started doing it I had to get there 15 minutes early. So I was there at 6.45 and then we started it at about 7.05 or 7.06. He did an introduction and then I came on. And then by about 8.30, I was like, all right, we're probably going to wrap this up. By nine, I was like, okay. And by 9.30, I'm like, huh. And by 10, I'm like, how long are we going for? <laughs> and then we reached 11. I was like, damn. <laughs> and, uh, and then he wrapped it up at 11. And I think we had, like I told you before we started recording this, we had an international audiences from, I think, like five mm-hmm. different continents. And um, it was crazy. It was a really long one. But out of everyone that watched, I only saw in the chat, at least, I only saw two people leave during the entire five hours. And I just checked this morning on Twitter. And I rarely ever get on social media anymore just because, like, it's just very toxic, especially with everything yeah. that's going on in the world now. But I just te- checked Twitter a half hour ago. And found out that I was, because he does also, what's crazy is he does this, he does his interview show every single day of the week, which is insane. Um, But I found out that I was. How long are they usually? Uh, So the average one is two to three hours. So he does three hours every day, seven days a week. No days I mean, the hours will, the hours vary because it's highly dependent on, I guess, what he says which is like the vibe and the flow of the guest but yeah he does it practically seven days a week every single day at 7 p.m until whenever it finishes and when i checked this morning i found out that i was both the longest episode of the week and the most viewed episode within 13 hours that's pretty amazing it was cool. I was like, yeah, my ego was stroked a little bit. And I was like, I'm going <laughs> to stay in bed until I have to do this podcast now. And I told him on last night, I was like, yeah, I got another podcast to do in like 13, 14 hours. He's like, are you going to be awake for that? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a lot of vitamin B and orange juice. We'll see how it goes. Okay. So why don't you tell people who you are? Um, so you're a, you're a magician and a hypnotist. It says on your t-shirt right there. Yeah. So... Um, I actually started out in magic 21 years ago. I got my, it's a very cliche uh, origin story. I started out with a magic kit. And then 10 years later, I did my first paid show for um, a family friend. It was like a family friend. It was like a colleague through the prosecutor office where one of my family members worked. And 
she paid me $150 to entertain her child's birthday party in sometime in October. It was like 150 bucks. And I was like, I was 18. And I was like, wow, like mm-hmm. someone's actually going to pay me to do in their living room for their child what I do for fun and boredom out of being antisocial and introverted in my own room. So I was like, so if I get really good at something in my room and people are willing to pay me to do it in their room, I was like, well, then this could be an actual career opportunity. And then a year later, I went to college and I think my second semester, I posted a video called, uh, uh, it was a video of me demonstrating an effect called Mind Eraser, which was by Joe Brogy uh, and co-created by Jay Noble Zada, who's the consultant to David Blaine. And it was a two-hour audio that I listened to that said, say these words in this order, in this kind of phrasing, in this kind of setting. Mm-hmm. And I learned that it wasn't a magic trick which is what I thought it was because I had my mom buy it for me because every Christmas as a teenager, I was having my parents buy me magic tricks because I thought I wanted to become, you know, I got my kid at 18. I started performing at 18. I thought I was going to become the world's best magician. And then I realized that it was called waking hypnosis, which is kind of like conversational hypnosis where you say certain things and certain phrases in certain order that produce a certain result. And what I mean by that, Mm -hmm. for example, with mind eraser, there are certain phrases that you can use that if the person doesn't fully know that you're trying to hypnotize them, it can actually temporarily confuse them consciously and it can cause a mental block temporarily that will shut off access in their mind to some information. So basically it's a little bit of a subliminal messaging slash confusing technique. And I was able to get one of my friends, I filmed one of my friends talking with them while they're holding a playing card from a deck. And I got him to forget the card he was holding, even though he just looked at it. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's interesting, but I did. And here's the ironic part. I didn't believe in hypnosis at the time. I was like, I don't really know how I feel about it. I, I don't know if I do or don't believe in it. It's just, you know, whatever. It's kind of odd. It's kind of weird, um, which is ironic because that's what everyone thinks about me now. Um, but yeah, 30 seconds well, later. I mean, can, can everyone be hypnotized? You know, like, don't they say it's kind of, it, it only happens to you if you let it happen. You know what I mean? Like, so no, it's kind I, of yeah. like. We... We covered that last night and my answer is a bit different than most, which is from my perspective, that's not true. And the reason why is because most people confuse hypnosis with hypnotic phenomena. When people think hypnosis, they're thinking, oh, you're going to make me fall into trance and then cluck like a chicken. That's Mm -hmm. not what hypnosis is. And that's the biggest misconception people have. And I learned that after teaching psychology at my old college, which I actually dropped out of after going to Vegas and getting my training and learning that's what I want to do for a career. And I didn't need a degree to become a hypnotist. I realized that a lot of colleges and a lot of uh, basically just educational institutions teach hypnosis as a basic vague topic and Mm -hmm. a little bit of theory and a little bit of history, but they don't teach the differentiation between the nuances of, for example, like I just said, hypnosis in and of itself can be summarized in one word, relaxation. That's all mm-hmm. it is. If you've ever been relaxed, you've been hypnotized. Society just doesn't call it that. So we, we, we take our perspective and our perception of hypnosis from sources we have. And right now the biggest source we have is Hollywood. Hollywood mm-hmm. dramatizes everything. So they're like, oh, well, hypnosis, you know, it's mind control. No matter what the hypnotist says, you're going to do it. And that's why people don't believe it. They're like, oh, I can't be mind controlled. Well, congratulations it's not my control (laughs) so in that aspect like no one has anything to worry about because again what they're usually relating it to is hypnotic phenomena and hypnotic phenomena is the phenomenon of being so hypnotized so mentally and physically relaxed 
that you start experiencing things from a different perspective, mm. kind of like when you're so mentally and physically relaxed, it's, it's like one of two things. It's like being so past your bedtime, so tired that you're slap happy mm-hmm. and, or like being drunk off alcohol. Mm. And here's the funny thing. We are more willing to ingest liquid poison for fun and social occasions into our body, wine, vodka, rum, whatever, than we are to explore the depths of our own creative minds, our own psychological minds. Because in reality, all that's happening when I hypnotize someone for comedy stage purposes or street purposes, beyond relaxation, the reason people do what they do on stage when I hypnotize them or when any hypnotist hypnotizes them is because we're going beyond just basic hypnosis, which is relaxation. We're relaxing Mm. you so deeply that it's like getting drunk, except without the alcohol. And what happens when you get drunk, your inhibitions become lowered and you're more willing to think you're more willing to do and say what you're thinking Mm. because your inhibitions are lowered. So therefore you have no fear of judgment from others. And that's basically what hypnosis helps us do, but more quickly and efficiently and without any of the side effects of alcohol or drugs. And so I think that's the biggest differentiation that people should understand. And that I know isn't taught is um, so from that, wrapping that back up is everyone can't be hypnotized because if you couldn't be, you couldn't go to sleep because going to sleep is a literal form of self-hypnosis. There's four Mm. steps to hypnosis, induction, deepener, script, and transtermination. So the induction is when you go to sleep at night, you close your eyes, you breathe in, you breathe out, you allow your mind to wander, you allow your body to relax. Step two is the deepener. You allow your relaxation to deepen until you go from beta consciousness, which is what me and you are using right now to look at each other, process everything in our uh, conscious filters. We take, we uh, going to sleep basically helps us go from beta all the way down to Delta sleep REM unconsciousness. The difference is with hypnosis, you're not just passing out and going to sleep. You're generally between alpha and theta alpha is the daydream state that we all experience whether we're bored at work or school or in a conversation, we're just kind of daydreaming. That's alpha. Theta is being even more relaxed beyond that, but not sleeping. It's like when you're laying in bed about to go to sleep and you recognize to some degree consciously that you're super relaxed and that you're just Mm -hmm. about to pass out, but you only become conscious of that because something disturbs you enough to start your brain revving up again. And then you realize, oh, what was that sound or whatever I heard? Or what was that feeling I experienced? And then you bring yourself out of that. So hypnosis is between alpha and theta. Yeah. I mean, it can right. be, you, you can be hypnotized and you can be suggestible uh, in Delta. I mean, there's a lot of hypnotherapy, sleep, mm. audio programs and everything out there. So that's even deeper. Yeah. Uh, Delta unconsciousness is the deepest you can go beside dead. <laughs> <laughs> Without, without dying, Delta is the deepest we can go. Mm. <laughs> or I guess maybe coma. <laughs> yeah. I don't really, I haven't studied the psychological effects of a coma, but uh, consciously per se, which is kind of an ironic thing to say, consciously Delta unconsciousness um, uh, can, you can still have effects there, but usually people, a lot of people, especially young adults who are much more uh, open-minded and creative and inviting of experiences and less cynical and skeptical to things mm-hmm. like this. Um, they can usually start feeling the effects of hypnosis in alpha very quickly mm-hmm. uh, and definitely in theta. Okay. So base, so hypnosis would be, so you said alpha was daydreaming. So hypnosis would be deeper than that, deeper than daydreaming. Well, it could be, it could just as easily be in that though. Cause mm. in, 
you'll notice throughout, uh, depending on how much or what topics about hypnosis we talk about, I, I correlate a lot of um, hypnosis to alcohol because I know it's a, it's one of those easier things for people to understand. Because again, yeah, because everyone's done it. Yeah, because most of us are, again, it's just, I was thinking about that the other month because I run another company called hypnokick.com online where every month we give out a free lesson and then every week or every other week I put, uh, I have a members area where people pay to learn hypnosis and we have uh, street hypnosis, virtual hypnosis and self-hypnosis training. And I was thinking about it, I was like, that's literally the best example to use because everyone understands, like you said, everyone drinks, everyone does Mm -hmm. it, but that's a crazy thought. Like really think about that. We are happily willing to drink like like alcohol is literally liquid poison mm-hmm. we're literally more willing to do that than use the power of our mind to achieve the same state because you can achieve a junk state you can achieve a high state you can achieve almost any state that you can achieve with an external substance by yourself with your mm-hmm. mind and that kind of reminded me when i was uh, about a, two years ago i was in a car i was with a lift driver and he said, now I haven't personally studied this. I just want to point that out to everyone. And, and again, I'm a college dropout. I don't have a PhD. I just know everything based on my experience and studying under doctors and actual professionals in the field. Sure. Um, you know, everything I've said up to this point. Um, but this Lyft driver said, do you know why people get addicted to drugs? Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Why? This is what his explanation was to me. And it made complete sense. Again, I haven't studied it. Maybe I should. (laughs) So I don't sound so ignorant to people. But he said, for example, take cocaine or really mushrooms or any drug like that. When people take it, they have a trip. Mm -hmm. Good or bad, it's a trip. That's what they call it. Uh, and And it said when you take cocaine, you have a really high, like good, confident energetic feeling Mm -hmm. yes but they also say that however much cocaine you take that whatever your high is you're going to have an equal low yes and i've heard that if you have a really really good high you're gonna have a really really bad low and a lot of people get depressed that's what they they say yes and then they need to then they feel the need to have more cocaine or or take more shrooms or or whatever they're doing to to sustain the high so they don't have to feel well with with shrooms it's a bit different because it's a it's a psychedelic works on different pathways but definitely with cocaine and alcohol to to a lesser degree but definitely cocaine yeah well i know i just i'm just saying that in a general sense i know like everyone's psychology reacts differently but the but what he was saying was let's let's stick with cocaine he said um which is i think a phrase i'll never say again in my life let's stick with cocaine (laughs) 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 sure scarface let's go um but he said the more often you take it to sustain the high or to get the high let's say you take it once a day or two or three times a day even Mm -hmm. once a day he said the more often you consistently take it within a short period of time whether it's a few weeks or a month the thing is your it it triggers something in your mind Mm -hmm. that releases certain chemicals which means that your mind literally has the natural ability to release those chemicals without the drug if you chose to learn how to tap into that part of yourself so therefore, he said, if we keep continue taking it consistently in a short period of time, what happens is our brain tells itself, hey, we're getting this chemical release from an external substance. So we no mm-hmm. longer need to internally produce it. Mm-hmm. So then our body supposedly, according to him, our mind stops producing it. Well, the issue then is if you stop taking it after that period of time of consistently taking it, uh, you know, all the time then the mind's like, well, hey, we need that feel-good chemical. 
we need it. And then, then that's when the addiction starts. And that's when people say, I need quote unquote mm. this drug. And supposedly he said, that's where um, addiction stem from. And I was just like, holy crap, mind blown. <laughs> I was like, everything makes sense. Not everything, but that makes sense. And it's also just kind of a, it's kind of sad because it, it just shows how I feel to some degree that the education system has kind of failed us in that sense. Because mm-hmm. again, I guess taught uh, psychology at my old college after talking with a doctor who was a professor in psychology and everything and telling him everything I know in my experience, he gave me permission to come in and guest teach. I found out that a lot of colleges and a lot of high schools for that matter, um, unless you're specializing maybe in the field, a mm-hmm. general like intro to psych one-on-one is usually just the history and theory behind hypnosis, not what it is mm-hmm. and why it actually works and why it works differently for different people. And I think that, I think, yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of these people just don't know, right? Because it's yeah, not part and that, of and that's the education. Yeah. And that's why I think that the education should jump a little bit more into the rabbit hole on that one, because if we were taught that we could literally tap into the power of our mind, utilizing certain tools and mm-hmm. that we can produce these feel good chemicals for ourselves, let alone help ourselves. That means theoretically we could help improve our own mental health. And then when we figure out those tools, we could share with other people. And right now, mental health is a huge thing that's blown up in the past five years. Mm-hmm. And it's only getting more popular on social media and everyone's talking about it. So I think that that's something that, you know, the education system needs to deep, dive deep more into is, you know, hypnosis is a natural tool that we all have the ability to use. And because we are all doing self-hypnosis at night just to go to sleep without realizing that it's called self-hypnosis, I think that's something that we should kind of definitely dig more into. So people understand, Hey, you're already doing a natural thing that a lot of people are scared of because they don't fully understand without understanding that you're literally already doing it every Mm. night. I'm very intrigued because uh, I'm doing sober October now. So basically I'm. Hey, good for you. I'm not. (laughs) Want to do it for me too? (laughs) I'll do it for you too. Sure. Thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll drink twice twice as twice less than i normally would so you know zero times zero times two that's going to be zero still but that works you know basically um so you know i'm intrigued because you know i haven't had anything to drink for the past week or so nine nine days so i'm i find myself missing that state so if you can teach me how to induce that (laughs) uh, actually yeah i mean i could I could probably uh, teach you off camera um, how to do that because what I started doing when I was uh, when I got into hypnosis, um, there came a point where I was like, before I even got into like the ideology of you know what our education system should be doing and everything, there was a point where I just thought, well, when I when I went to college, I realized how many people smoked pot. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, I was very sheltered growing up. I did not know this many people <laughs> smoked pot. Okay. Did you grow up in a small town somewhere, like a small village? Not small town per se, but I, I was, I, I just in my personal family, yeah. I was very sheltered and I mm-hmm. never really did any, I was never the rebellious child. I was never, I was kind of like the goody two shoe, but I was also extraordinarily <laughs> ex, like introverted to the point mm-hmm. where my mom the other month was joking about how when I was a kid, the only time she ever saw me was when she came into my room to tell me, hey, it's breakfast time or lunch time or dinner time. <laughs> Otherwise, I was very much to myself and I didn't go out and explore the world mm-hmm. very much until college. Um, and I'm also uh, kind of ADHD, so I already forgot where this conversation was going because I went on a rant. Oh, yeah, drugs. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I realized a lot of people were smoking pot. So then I was like, well, 
what if we could induce that on ourselves? And then I started studying how to do that. And then I actually went back to my high school and I started hypnotizing a bunch of, thankfully I knew everyone I did it to. I started hypnotizing a bunch of the high schoolers that I, that I knew before I graduated at a football game. And I literally made a huge circle of kids. And what's funny is I went to a Catholic school and I don't Mm -hmm. think any of the faculty were aware I was inducing a hypno high in all these high schoolers. (laughs) Um, But I did, I hypnotized them and they were all like, Oh my God, everything's so vibrant and bright. And like, they were laughing their butts off. Like people do when they're high. One girl sat on the ground and she was just like, like slapping her hands on the grass. And um, she was like a giddy five-year-old at Christmas without the Christmas presents. And I was like, so how did you do that in terms of like, did you tell them, you know, act as if you're happy, um, you know, or just be silly or, or make, did you or, like literally literally tell them like be high so and, like i assume a lot of these people you know the ones that haven't tried weed I, right. I assume a lot of them wouldn't know what being high is like exactly and that's the interesting point so how do you get someone who whether or not they've smoked before or not how do you get them to experience that and um just to quickly jump the gun I've done that routine with people who've never smoked weed mm. and they've said they felt high before. And in the mm. sense of in that moment, they felt high, but they didn't understand it because they never had been high before. So how mm. do you get people to experience that? And you said, you just tell them to be happy. So for example, Max, what makes you like, what, what builds up inside of your chest and, and builds up an energy that spreads throughout your whole body? What makes you like happy? It's something that you hear, see, or experience. What, what is it that makes you personally happy? Um, well, that's kind of weird, but working, I like, like getting things done, you know, working on my businesses and stuff. And what about the work makes you happy and builds that energy with, within you? Achieving goals, getting stuff done. Accomplishing something that you're creating, that you're manifesting. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of what makes you happy. So what I did, what I had to do was I had to find out what makes people feel high. Mm. What are the little elements psychologically that make people feel high? And then I had to put that into the script part of the hypnosis thing. Because the first thing you got, no matter what you're trying to do with hypnosis, whether it's comedy or therapy, the first thing is, like I said, there's four steps. The first thing is inducing, close your eyes, breathe in, breathe out. The deepener is the next step, you know, just deepening the relaxation. Then the third part is the script. And that's the, that's kind of the meat and bones, meat and potatoes, nuts and bolts of any hypnosis, again, for comedy or therapy, which is the script is going to be directly correlated to whatever the goal is that you're trying to achieve with hypnosis. So in this case, if we're trying to get someone high, it's close your eyes, breathe in, breathe out, relax, now go deeper. Obviously, this is a very summarized version of about a five or 10 minute process, depending on when you're doing it and what situation you're in. But then when you get to the script, it's about breaking down the details that build up that energy and that mo- that mood, that mindset within the individual or individuals that you're mm-hmm. trying to give that experience to. So it's basically communicating with their subconscious mind saying, hey, when this happens like for example one of my popular triggers is when you open your eyes so opening eyes is the trigger when you open your eyes the moment you open your eyes colors will seem more vibrant more vivid and you yourself will become much more at ease much more relaxed but you'll also become overwhelmed with the spontaneous urge to burst out in hysterical laughter when next trigger 
you look directly into my eyes for no good reason. And then to help build that up even further, I'll say, in fact, starting right now, and I'll snap my fingers on now. So that way subconsciously their brain understands every time I snap my fingers, whatever I'm about to say is going to build up. I say, listening to the sound of my voice, listening to the words I say is going to bring a smirk to your face, a smirk turns into a smile and notice how I'm now building up the happiness within them. And I'm, I'm trying to manifest a smile and happiness within them because when you smile and you laugh, it already, boom, that is a literal natural release of chemicals within your mind mm. and within your body. It makes you happy. And then when I bring that back, after I get them to smile and chuckle and laugh, and I say, now when you wake up and the colors are vibrant and vivid and you look at me in the eyes, the feeling that you're feeling now is going to be two, three, four, five times fold, something along those lines. So now I have introduced the idea of what's going to happen. I've already helped them begin the process of feeling happy and smiling, laughing, having the natural endorphins and good feelings spread throughout their brain and body. And now I'm linking it back to what I told them what was going to happen, which is colors are going to seem more vibrant, more vivid, which is something that uh, sometimes people say they experience when they're high. So it's a matter of um, like, here's what you can expect. Now we're going to build it up this way. And now we're going to tie it back to what you can expect. And when this thing happens that I'm telling you to expect to happen, that feeling you just had is going to build and become this much more intense. So that way, when they open their eyes, that's when they experience the high. And a lot of them say, uh, a lot of them just say they might just feel more relaxed. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing. And it's kind of, again, kind of like alcohol. We'll use tequila for this example, because I've met a lot of people in my life and a lot of people react very, very differently uh, to tequila, some people become very angry junks. Some people become very lovey-dovey junks that just want to make love, we'll say, for, <laughs> for a nice phrase. Um, so everyone kind of, their psychology reacts differently to tequila in the same sense. Everyone's psychology is going to react different to hypnotic phenomena, which again is the phenomena of reacting to commands. And in this case, the command is a hypnotic high. So some psychologies, some people might just wake up and laugh and feel good. Some people might actually feel a sense of mental or physical high Mm -hmm. and they actually might visually see things as more vibrant and more vivid so when it comes down to that aspect people like well they i experienced i experienced this but not this way or not that way well that's fine because it's your own experience it's based Mm -hmm. on your own psychology everyone experiences it differently but in essence and in summary that's kind of how you can uh manifest a experience or reality for someone is to basically break down what causes that experience and then Mm -hmm. to put that accordingly into the script so that way you're helping them mentally build up and subconsciously trigger them when certain things happen to have that experience triggered and released within their mind so uh, in that sense the main the main trigger is always when you look in my eyes you'll burst out hysterical laughter so i wake them up and i kind of look away and i just see how they I just see where their eyes go. You know, they're looking at colors, whatever, and they might start smiling, giggling, or laughing. And if they're responding really well, cool. If not, I'll still do the thing I'm about to talk about anyway. And I'll say, all right, now look at me and try not to laugh. And I'll just look dead in their eyes like it's a staring competition. And more often than not, they have to giggle. At the very least, they giggle. Kind of like you're doing yeah. now. They might do yeah, that. Yeah, I kind or, of felt that just as you said it. I kind of exactly. felt that. Exactly. And that, that right there is a literal example of waking hypnosis. You're not even in trance, you're completely awake. But that tells me that if we were to do that with you, that you'd probably wake up and do what they do when I look them in the eyes, which is burst out in hysterical laughter. And that is how we manifest the hypnotic high, even if you've never been high. Mm. 
And that's what so, I did at the football game. <laughs> so how did you, so you said you start, you've been doing it for 21 years. Well, I've been doing performing in general for 21 years. I started with magic, specifically magic 21 years ago. Uh, and then I did my first paid gig when I was 18. Other than that, it was just a fun hobby as a kid or, you know, growing young adult. And then a year after that, I did Mind Eraser where I got my friend to forget the card he was holding. And then uh, this actually yeah, ties right back in the beginning of this podcast, which was after getting him to forget the card, I was like, well, that's interesting. Let's see how fur much further I can take this. Mm -hmm. And I just realized there's something like orange juice or something on my shirt. How nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then after the card, I got him. I did the name amnesia routine. So I kind of just blocked it. I, I did mm -hmm. what I call command stacking where I took one command and it worked. And now I stacked, I go, now you're going to feel that same feeling, but now it's going to be for your name, which you should know because it was given to your birth. But if you just try not to forget it right now, let it completely go and think about not forgetting or forget not to remember what was your name. And I looked at him and he just goes, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, your name. And he goes, Justin, I go, exactly. He goes, dude that's weird and then i posted that on youtube and jayna lazada uh, who is the co-creator found it on youtube and was like you're one of the first and he told me i was one of the first people to do it and upload it to youtube mm -hmm. and the internet uh proving that this two-hour audio training that they released on a magic website was actually working for people like me regular folk and he goes so I want you, I'd like to invite you to come to a three-day training in Vegas where it's going to be me and the United Kingdom Head Hackers, who is a hypnosis group from the UK. How old were you at that time? Like 18? I was 19 at that, 19. I was 19 at that point. I was 19 mm -hmm. going into my second semester of college as a freshman. And they invited me out to Vegas in the spring of 2011. And I, it was weird because I'd never flown across country before. But I was like, Vegas? That's awesome. <laughs> Meeting Jay Noblezada, that's awesome. He created one of David Blaine's most popular effects, the self-tying shoelace, which made me popular in high school. So that's cool. And I get to learn hypnosis, which I didn't know I was learning to begin with. So that's awesome. So I ended up uh, taking, I ended up like any level headed 19 year old taking my college fund and going to Vegas. <laughs> wow. And um, I spent three days um, with a bunch of, with like 50 some other people Mm. And I was one of the youngest people there, but I was also one of the quickest and most ambitious and excited students there. Cause even though the first night I was so socially anxious, cause again, I grew up very introverted mm -hmm. and I was very socially distant. Well, I mean, I, I can imagine just going to Vegas at 19 to a different environment where you don't know anyone group of 50 people. It was, it was a little bit intimidating, but honestly, I think at that age, I was much more, I think as a teenager, I was much more impulsive mm. than I am now. Now I actually research and I study things before I make a decision on anything like that. <laughs> Let alone, because I mean that, like for example, like that, the seminar spot alone, like my seat at that seminar alone was four hundred dollars. That didn't include airfare, Ooh. travel, gas, food, hotel, any of that. So I was very impulsive just because it was something new, and I had a lot of college money, <laughs> and um, so. I I, I went there, but it, it was a little bit nerving. But the truth is, Jane Obelzato was right there to pick me up the entire time because I told him I didn't know anyone. Mm. I didn't know. I was young. I was like, dude, I'm a kid. I don't know what's going on. But the idea that I was around him and going to be around all these people, learning all these amazing things. So the excitement of all that kind of overrode the anxiety 
of flying by myself or, you know, I'm in a place, you know, mm-hmm. that I don't know. And I ended up making really quick friends with people that I ended up rooming with while I was in Vegas during the seminar. And basically in summary, what they do is they put you in a seminar room for nine hours a day for three days. And they teach you the psychology, the approach, the social dynamics of street hypnosis is what we were actually taught. We weren't taught stage hypnosis. We were taught the social dynamics and approach of street hypnosis, which in my opinion now as a teacher of hypnosis who runs a teaching company online and uh, in-person mentorships, I think in-person hypnosis via the street platform is the best to learn first, because if you can get over your nerves and inhibitions with walking up to strangers on the street mm. that you're probably never going to see again yeah. and introduce yourself and hypnotize them within 60 seconds, like we had to do that builds a sense of confidence and self-worth and what oh, you're yeah, doing 100%. that, and it makes stage hypnosis a cakewalk. Really? People come to stage hypnosis to get hypnotized. Yeah. When you're walking up to people on the street, they don't know who the hell you are or what you're trying to do. They didn't ask for it. But if they're coming to your show for a stage show, they're already conditioned because they know exactly who you are, yeah. what you're doing, what they want out of it. But when you have to approach someone that you don't know and might never see again and don't know how they're going to react and say, hey, I'm such and such, I'm doing this, can I hypnotize you? Mm. And we were trained to do an introduction and induction on random people within 60 seconds. And so the first night, I think I only hypnotized between one to three people because I was so anxious. But then it went so well that by the third night, I, so I there were random people. That, yeah, so, these are just like so basically random on, people. On the, on the first day of the training, they took you out, you know, in Vegas at night, just walking up to random people. Yeah, so we have to be in the meeting room by about I think like quarter to eight or nine a.m. Vegas time, mm. and then we're there from nine till six when we all go to dinner, and then after dinner we all went to Fremont Street where we spent just hours and hours. Like I think I was probably staying up till seven a.m. Eastern Standard Time where I live now, just training in Vegas, and then we would go to our hotel, get sleep, wake up, maybe get some breakfast, go to the meeting room from nine to six, have dinner, and do it all over again, and but the repetition is what kind of what helped keep us on schedule as well as um, we knew what to expect then for the next two mm-hmm. days. And by the third day I hypnotized, I think probably, I don't remember exactly because it's been 10 years, but I know it was way more than the first day. And I think it was around 20 to 30 people by the third night. And that blew me away. Cause the first night, again, I hit hardly hypnotized one, two or three people. Cause I was so anxious. And by the third night I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, sleep. Yeah. Sleep. Yeah. Sleep. Oh, the, everyone, <laughs> everyone wants to sleep. Okay. Come here. I'll make you sleep. And uh, what I wasn't aware of at that time is that uh, Vegas has spots for street performers and you're supposed to pay for spots to street perform. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, I just learned. And uh, someone I met at a college conference who is also a hypnotist, she told me she now lives in Vegas and told me that like, it's like busking, street performing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. unlike other cities, Vegas, according to her, I haven't done research into it, but according to her, unlike a lot of cities that require like monthly or annual busking license and, and permission to go in certain spots in certain cities on certain days, apparently in Vegas, you have to reapply every single day that you want to do it. Mm. Cause it's, it's Vegas. Yeah. Everyone's trying to, you know, um, make their big break or whatnot. Um, and I only learned that because well, I partially began learning it during my training, but not fully because I hypnotized one guy and laid him out on the street and immediately there were three or four cops on the corner looking at Ooh. me. Right. And my trainer came up to me and my mentor comes up and goes, John, get him off the floor. Now the cops are looking, they're going to come and kick us out. And I was like, what? I was like, Oh shit, wake up. 
thankfully we didn't get kicked out, but uh, that was the first quick encounter with um, be careful with what you do in, in cities that you're not familiar with because you don't know what the rules are there. Wow. Was your trainer British? The accent uh, you just yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were, well, they were from the United Kingdom. So I'm just going to say, mm. yeah, out of ignorance because they did have uh, that kind of, obviously they do the accent way better. But yeah. I remember well, the that sounded thing. English. So, you know, yeah. the UK is England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales. Um, you know, England is the most populous one of the four. So, and right. it's, you know, when people say British, like the, the British accent, usually they mean English. Yeah, there was actually one guy named Marcus Lewis who I called, I ended up dubbing the hypnosis ninja because my first <laughs> night in Vegas, we all met, like Jay took me into the Flamingo lobby where I met the UK head hackers one-on-one and like, oh, what are you doing? You know, why are you here? What has you here? I was like, well, you know, I'm from the Midwest. I've been doing hypnosis. Mm-hmm. I'm 19. I'm going to college. I'm doing it for fun because I'm a professional magician. Professional. I was getting paid $150 for <laughs> parties. Um, and I've been hypnotizing people, but I don't understand it. So I want to understand it. And I've also never been hypnotized. And as I say, I've also never been hypnotized. Marcus Lewis is walking away because I Mm -hmm. guess he's doing his own thing. And he hears me say that. And I still remember to this day. And maybe he wasn't walking away, but I knew, I know at least he was kind of not facing my direction. Mm -hmm. All I remember is he turns around, he just goes, you've never been hypnotized. And right with his tone of voice, I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> and he walks up to me, puts his hand in front of my face, goes sleep. And I'm out. Wow. And I wake up with my hands stuck to my head um, and my feet glued to the floor. And mind you, when I'm using that terminology, I mean, it's all psychologically stuck through the power of hypnosis and hypnotic phenomena and suggestion um, commands really. Uh, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he goes, you can remove your hand, but that's only because you can also remove your ability to remember your name. So mm-hmm. remove your hand, but also remove your name. So I removed my hand from my head. And he goes, what's your name? And I'm like, <laughs> and I just stood there. I was like, I don't know my name. And then at that time, I, I hear three girls walking through the Flamingo lobby and I turn around and they're very attractive women, but I'm still in hypnosis. So I'm just like freaking out. And I, and I want to talk to them, but I'm mm-hmm. also dealing with what I'm dealing with. So I just turn around and go, what the hell's my name? <laughs> and they all just look at me and they all turn around and walk back. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn around I'm like, but the, the girls, what the hell? Just make this. I want to go talk, make it stop. And like, everyone's just like losing their cool. And eventually he uh, takes me out of it. And I just remember waking up thinking that is simultaneously the weirdest and coolest thing I had ex- ever experienced in my life to that point. And I just remember thinking, I cannot wait until tomorrow for the first day of training. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. So when he said sleep, did you have no like conscious um, awareness after that? You know, did you like actually go to sleep? Like, or so were you just like very relaxed? Yeah, so there's the interesting. Because you said you woke up on the on the floor with like, your hands on on your head. Yeah. So, so well, I woke up standing still, but right, it, I felt like the feet were glued and to the floor, and my hand was glued to the head. So when so what one thing I've learned, and I just use it in everyday language now without realizing that I'm a hypnotist. Most people aren't. Is in that moment I realized something I kind of already knew but never experienced myself, which is 
I could see black because my eyes were closed because mm-hmm. that's what, what you do when you relax or go to a quote unquote sleep is it's kind of um, replicating the physio- physicality of going to sleep, which is closing your eyes and relaxing. But sleep is actually just a synonym for relax. You're, you're mm-hmm. never actually unconscious. I think in all the years I've hypnotized people, only two or three people have actually fallen asleep mm-hmm. when I've hypnotized them because they themselves have chosen to become that mentally physically relaxed but sleep is just a synonym for relax so i was completely awake aware conscious and in control as is pretty much everyone when they're hypnotized um and i could tell what was going on but it's kind of like you're instantaneously of course i didn't at i should probably preface this with i didn't understand at that time that i was a somnambulist which i later learned was someone who's very easily hypnotized Mm -hmm. and suggested to in hypnosis so i was able to enter hypnotic trance very very easily especially as a teenager who didn't understand any of this so i entered it very easily and i was still awake aware conscious and in control but it was like a daydream like state and you can hear what they're saying and you know mm-hmm. what they're saying and part of you is just like eh, I, I don't know about this but then you wake up and there's the there's the weird magic of psychology in some some fashion that i'm not even fully understanding of which is the moment you open your eyes even when you're like i don't know if this is going to work for some reason the moment you open your eyes it's like a trigger and just activates their command and when i woke up i was like eh, and i realized oh no i i literally can't move my hand and i literally can't move my feet without understanding that a hypnotist which marcus lewis and the uk head hackers and all the trainers there were is just a mental guide and that they understand psychology well enough to know how to guide you through your own mind and help you tap into your creative imagination, creative mind enough to imagine what it would be like to actually have your feet stuck to the ground, to have you imagine what it would actually be like to have your hand stuck to your head. Mm. So really all they're doing is guiding me and I'm guiding people when I hypnotize them to use their creative mind to make whatever my command is real to them. And that's why certain people don't feel the effects of stage or street hypnosis is because they're not fully tapped into their creative mind. They're not fully creatively making my commands real mm. for their mind and body. And that's why, that's why it works though. So you, you said you're very easy to hypnotize. Are there people who are on the opposite side of the spectrum? You know, people who are impossible to hypnotize or very yeah, difficult? Yeah, they're called my dad. They're a pain in the ass. Um, no, just <laughs> Which is ironic because my, my dad is a PhD and it actually took me 30 seconds to hypnotize him when I was 19, when I got back mm. from Vegas. So that was pretty crazy. Um, <clears throat> and so it's funny when people are like, oh, I'm really smart. I have a strong mind. I'm like, that means nothing to me. Like the fact that I can <laughs> hypnotize a PhD to forget his name and the fact yeah. that I'm his son. Like he forgot that I was his son. He didn't wow. know who I was for a few seconds because I commanded it. And when I realized after I put him under that he was easy to easily hypnotize, I was like, well, shit, mm-hmm. let's have fun with it. So I hypnotized him and I was like, well, cool. So now when people are just like, my, my mind's really strong. I'm like, you don't understand what this is, do you? Yeah, there's, there's always that stereotype that people who are more intelligent are more difficult to hypnotize. Uh, yeah, that's interesting because you actually have to have, ironically, you actually have to have a certain level of intelligence to get hypnotized for the purpose of like comedy yeah. stage or street hypnosis, because you have to be able to, and this sounds so basic, but I don't think people realize how intricate this detail I'm about to explain is. 
if you can't follow basic instructions, you can't be hypnotized for hypnotic phenomena. Cause I can't tell you the amount of mm-hmm. high schoolers or college kids that I've begun to hypnotize. I'm like, close your eyes, breathe in, breathe out. Da, 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 and I start giving them a command. Mm-hmm. And as I start giving them a command, they might go, they might open their eyes and go, when do I do that? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, shut up, close your <laughs> eyes and keep listening. Like, it's almost yeah. like it, it, it reminds me of people who watch a movie and say, why is that happening? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. if you watch the movie, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Some people are very impatient. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's, do you, do you find more difficult to hypnotize kids <clears throat> for that reason? Uh, kids as in like actual kids or like just yeah, like um, maybe like 10 year olds. I've done it before. Um, and it just depends. Again, it just depends on their psychology. Uh, I had a, um, yeah, but like a on average, is it more difficult? I think honestly, kids, teenagers, and young adults are the easiest. Right. Because they want to have fun. They okay. are creative minded by nature. They are not jaded by life or adulthood yet. And they want to be a part of the party. They want something to do fun. They want to play. They are already normally, usually regularly engaged in their creative mind. And all those aspects make it easier. Now, granted, there are certain psychologies, as I've said before, like if they're super ADHD, obviously mm-hmm. that's going to be much more difficult. Or if they're autistic, I unknowingly did a, a hypnosis type trick-ish to an autistic kid when I was in college because it was um, one of my classmates' brothers. I didn't know he was autistic. And the crazy mm-hmm. thing was he froze up when I was trying to do this trick. And after the trick, my friend looks at me and goes, I'm impressed that he, that it went that well. I go, did I do something wrong or did I make him uncomfortable? And she goes, he's autistic. And I was like, oh my God, why didn't you tell me? And she goes, cause I was impressed that he even let you touch him because wow. apparently he's, he's, he's at a level psychologically yeah, yeah. with his autism that if there's someone he doesn't know, he doesn't want them mm. to be close to them, let alone touching him. Mm. And I was doing a thing where I was like tapping his like uh, bone right here at the end of his neck. Cause wow. I was taught how to like, do a little pressure point thing that um, moments later after you press it it, with a certain amount of pressure, and then you do like the Darth Vader Jedi grip. Mm -hmm. uh, It gives the illusion that you're actually closing off their airway and choking them, even though you're not actually doing anything. Um, And I did that with him. And I think that obviously, especially being autistic, freaked him out. She went autistic and that would be very, very scary. Yeah. And that's why I always ask if people have like psychological conditions now before I do things. And that's what, well, that's one of the reasons why. Um, but I remember after that demonstration, he was kind of freaked out, but when everything was explained to him back about his experience, he thought it was cool. He mm-hmm. obviously just wanted to at that time be closer to his sister and family than me, but he had no regret with doing it. And she was like, I've never seen him be that comfortable or that anyone do hmm. that with him. So to some degree, yeah, kids can be easier to hypnotize as long as they don't have a pre-existing serious psychological condition or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of my first, one of my first state, actually, I think it was my first stage show, uh, was for a family festival in Pearson, Indiana, and it was mainly just kids on stage, and almost all of them, except maybe two or three, got hypnotized, and I had a stage full of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, are you gonna? hypnotize me so we've got, we've got a few <laughs> minutes left oh do we wow. yeah dang okay <laughs> um 
Yeah, let's let's uh, let's do this. So is there any specific request, or do you just want me to go with what I feel I think is going to be best? Um, can you make me drunk? Uh, <laughs> that's why I don't do sober October, so I can just drink. But yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, what kind of like setting are you in? Are you in a chair? Are you on a bed? Are you on a laptop um, phone? I'm I'm on a bed. Yeah, I'm on a bed, and this is my laptop here. Okay. Um, because sometimes what I'll do for this, uh, the, um, the drinking part is I will have someone try to do like a walking test. Well, obviously, since this is virtual, we're going to have to run it mm -hmm. a bit differently. I'll probably just run it kind of like the hypno high one to get some of the basic effects. Uh, so yeah, just make sure that you're, I feel like this is a hypnotherapy recording. Make sure you're sitting or laying down comfortably in an undisturbed area for the duration of this session, <laughs> which is going to be a whopping five minutes. <laughs> um, and then just make sure that the biggest thing is just make sure you're comfortable and going to be undisturbed. Uh, if you have a phone nearby, turn that on uh, airplane mode or vibrator pleasure mode or whatever you people call it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said that at college the other week, <laughs> all the girls were like, tee <laughs> um, and then whenever you're ready, just uh, put your hands to your side, close your eyes, take a slow, deep breath in through the nose, hold it. Very slowly exhale through the mouth. All the way out. Another slow, deep, concentrated breath into the nose, feeling your chest expand as you fill your lungs with air until they can't be filled anymore, and then hold it. And very slowly exhale through the mouth. And then when there's no more air to breathe out, one more time, slow, deep, concentrated breath into the nose. All the way in, deep, 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 deep breath in, hold it, and then very slowly exhale through the mouth. Now, really quick, Max, I want you to open your eyes, wake up. And I'm, I should have done this beforehand. I admit that that's my bad. Uh, I'm going to go through some quick things. First of all, first and foremost, right here, right now, do you feel good? Do you feel like you're yeah. starting to relax already? Yeah, I'm relaxed. Cool. That's, that's a good sign for you and me. Uh, before we truly get into it, though, do you, have, do you personally have any psychological condition, take any medication or see a psychiatrist, therapist, or, psych or um, anything like that? Uh, well, I'm on anti-anxiety medication, but that should be okay. Oh, well, okay, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> no, can, it's can a we, very, can, very low dose. Can we do a, a verbal liability waiver and say you don't hold me responsible for this? Yeah, I don't hold you responsible. Cool, because normally if you US, take any medication... So I, I would have to like fly over there to sue you. So <laughs> I was going to say, otherwise, this would be typically something I would say that uh, if you do have something like that, like you take medication mm -hmm. or see a doctor, that uh, you should always usually, for everyone listening or watching, you should consult your personal physician before seeing a hypnotist. Um, do you have any back joint neck issues or arthritis? Nope. And I'm guessing you're not pregnant. No. Cool. Okay. Now we continue. Okay. So just look at me. Take a slow, deep breath in. As deep as you can. Hold it. And then close your eyes. Exhale. And just relax. Deeper. 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 And even more deeply relaxed, Max. And just allow yourself to float, drift, and glide mentally all the way down, right the way down, right the way deep, right the way sound asleep and relaxed, allowing every word I say 
every breath that you exhale, every passing moment, and every sound you hear to make it that much easier for you to tune into the sound of my voice, the volume, the tone, the words, and the feel of the moment. So as I start counting down from five, you can allow yourself to just drift two to three times deeper mentally and physically with every number, starting with five, relaxing any tension in your forehead between your eyebrows, any tension in your jaw, your neck, your shoulders. That's right. Become conscious of and give yourself permission to release all physical tension now. Four, releasing tension in your biceps, your triceps, all the way down your forearms to the tips of your fingers, from the top of your head all the way down to the tips of your fingers, through your torso, all the way down deeper and deeper, and even more deeply relaxed down to your waist. Three, down, down to your quads, hamstrings, down to your kneecaps, feeling your physical body begin relaxing even more deeply now and becoming even heavier as you become overwhelmed with physical relaxation from head to toe as relaxation goes all the way down your shins, past your calves, down to the ankles. Two. From the top of your head all the way down to the tips of your toes, give yourself permission to relax and allow yourself to completely and utterly mentally and physically relax on the count of the next number. One. And in a moment, Max, I'm going to count to three and snap my fingers. And when I do, everything will be back to normal. However, you're going to remember the last time you had a really good quality buzz from a, your favorite drink. Whatever it is you're drinking, even if it wasn't your favorite drink, whatever it was that you were consuming the last time you had a good quality, memorable buzz or even a light drunk feeling, you can remember where you were who you were with, your surroundings, the activities, the conversations, and re-immerse yourself into that now. Remember what it felt like mentally, a little bit dizzying, maybe causing you to sway a little bit, at least mentally, if not also physically, words slurring a bit, but having no inhibition and not caring because you feel so deeply and incredibly mentally and physically relaxed. Just give into it because it's easier to give into it than to fight the feeling. That's right, you're doing phenomenally. Just give into that and allow that to overwhelm and overcome and envelop your entire mind, body, and soul. So on the count of three, you're gonna wake up and you'll feel similar to how you felt in that moment. When you can reimagine that moment, when you have that moment in mind, and as you start feeling the effects now mentally and physically, just nod your head when you can feel it. That's right, and when I count to three and snap my fingers, Max, 
the moment you open your eyes, that feeling is going to increase two to three fold. You're going to fully feel it mentally and physically on the count of one, two, take a deep breath in. And three, I was open wide awake back in the room. How you doing? There we go. <laughs> How we doing, buddy? You feel good? I, I feel a little um, different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice way to say you're buzzed. <laughs> yeah, like a little bit, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, bit. right? And that, <laughs> right, right? The laughing, the, the, you, you just look so much more vibrant and happy mm-hmm. now. That's, that's literally all your psychology. That's just me guiding you through the power of your creative mind to help simulate and manifest something that your brain can naturally produce on its own. And we can all see it on your face now that you're uh, way brighter than you, you've been for most of the interview. It's almost like I'm interviewing you now because you're the one <laughs> laughing and I'm the one talking. You're just like, yeah, man, this is crazy. And what's funny is as long as you look at me with every step in my fingers, the longer you look at me, the funnier it becomes. The funnier it becomes, the more you laugh, the more you laugh, the better you feel, the better you feel, the more you laugh and it becomes a continuous cycle of laughter and good feelings and endorphins all over the mind and the body. <laughs> And the moment I count to three and snap my fingers and say the word sleep, you can allow your eyes to close, allow your mind and body to relax and completely let go right now. One, two, three, close your eyes, relax, sleep, all the way down, all the way down, sleep deeper and deeper and even more deeply down now, Max, all the way down, all the way deep, completely relax, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually now knowing that you'll be completely back to normal mentally, physically, and emotionally, and spiritually on the count of three and the snap of my fingers this next time. But any mental, physical, emotional stress, anxiety, inhibition, fear that you had until this moment today will be completely alleviated from your mind, your body, and your soul. On the count of three, you'll be back to normal. You'll remember everything. This will probably be one of the most memorable experiences that you've had in a while. And you will definitely remember this for years to come. But any and all negativity from your mind, your body, and soul will be completely, mostly if not completely alleviated from your body and your mind. On the count of one, two, take a slow deep breath in. Feeling relaxed, rejuvenated, and re-energized on count of three eyes open wide awake back in the room. How you doing, sir? Yeah. You know, that was pretty therapeutic, I, I found. Um, just feels... Do you ever do mindfulness meditation? So I don't do a lot of meditation. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's funny because um, hypnosis and meditation have quite a few similarities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that that's said, what it feels like to me, like very relaxing. Yeah, yeah. so I do. if I do anything, I usually do um, self-hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's funny is because the nature of hypnosis in and of itself is to mentally and physically relax the process of doing hypnosis for comedy, let alone just basic entrancement for relaxation is in itself a form of hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. Cause like you just said, it's therapeutic and it just kind of helps release the negativity and release the stress and anxiety. Like right now, how do you feel in comparison to when we first started? Uh, much more relaxed like much more um, at ease. Yeah. And that's only normally I'm quite nervous. Yeah. And that's just in like literally six minutes. Mm. So, so now think about, and I can tell based on that alone, how quick that was and how quickly you experienced that, that you are a natural somnambulist, which means 
if you were to consider, I'm not asking you to, I'm just saying hypothetically, if someone like you, a somnambulist were to consider or request and invest in like a full hour session with me, mm-hmm. imagine what the effects would be. It'd be like this amplified. Mm. So whether it's stress relief or anxiety relief or um, especially for comedy hypnosis, uh, we could even go deeper with that and do like the uh, alcohol thing. And I could make you uh, so drunk that without alcohol in the state that you're now, I could make you feel so drunk mentally and physically that you would not be able to physically walk. Wow. I've done that to people. I've made them (laughs) slur their words. I've made them drunk off bottles of water thinking it was vodka. Wow. I actually went to a college in North Carolina, had a girl chug a bottle of water and then she couldn't walk straight for half the show. (laughs) So, you know, what I think a lot of people listening to this would be interested in is self-hypnosis. Yeah. Because, you know, like, so you said you have courses in hypnosis as well. I guess, you know, not many people listening would actually be interested in becoming a hypnotist, but I guess a lot of people would be interested in self-hypnosis. Yeah, we actually, HypnoKick actually, our most recent training was actually self-hypnosis in the members area. In the members area, so for everyone listening, um, just go to hypnokick.com, H-Y-P-N-O-K-I-C-K.com, and then there's a members area option in the training tab. And it's only $30 a month, which is compared to literally every other hypnotist I know selling courses. Most of them are all selling courses for 50 plus dollars a month. Mm -hmm. So for, even if you only want to go in for, um, you know, one month, I think there may or may not be a dollar trial, but even if there's not, there's $30 a month. And our third and most recent training is actually self-hypnosis, which teaches there's seven modules to it and basically teaches you, um, what equipment to use, how to record, what you should be saying, when you should be saying, how long you should do pauses. And there's also sample scripts given to you. So that way you can literally create therapeutic um, and relaxing scripts for yourself to hypnotize yourself, at least for basic relaxation, if not for other you know, benefits that they may want. So for those $30, do you get access to everything? Oh, you get access to everything. You get access to all the trainings we have. You get access to... Um, yeah, literally everything. So right now we have street hypnosis and virtual hypnosis, um, which was uh, inspired by quarantine. And then, like I said, we just came out with self-hypnosis, which is basically teaching the uh, student in the members area how you can actually hypnotize yourself, which I say in the training, I think it's imperative, especially if someone wants, even if someone doesn't want to go professional with hypnosis, let's say they want to learn it as a fun party gag. Mm-hmm. The street hypnosis is in there so you can learn how to perform a fun party gag. The virtual hypnosis is in there so you can learn how to perform cool party tricks over the webcam, even if you don't want to go professional with it. And then the self-hypnosis is to help yourself understand what the process is, how to help yourself. Because the thing is, and this is why I, I like the way my trainers taught me and how I now teach my students when I do mentorships one-on-one is the best way to teach others is to experience it yourself. So the self-hypnosis training says, here's what the steps are. Here's what you say. Here's when you say it, here's how you do it. And now do it to yourself. So that way you can actually experience it. And when you start feeling the effects, now you'll better understand the experience that people go through. So that way, when you do virtual hypnosis, when you do street hypnosis, or eventually the training we're going to come out with, when you do stage hypnosis, you'll understand what you're putting people through and you'll be able to better help guide them through that experience because you yourself taught yourself by hypnotizing yourself. That's pretty amazing. I barely, like I, I barely 
ever sign up for anything, but to be honest, I'm quite intrigued. <laughs> I I'm, I'm considering signing up myself. Yeah, I get mean, a bit more can, money. Like I said, you can, and the other thing is, and this is kind of one thing that frustrates me, and I, I made it a very uh, prominent point when I made the members area and the hypnosis training in general is I design every training so that way not only can you understand how to do it, but there's a literal ROI module, meaning in every training, there's a module within said training to learn how you can use that training to make all of your money back that you invested mm. in it. So if you're ambitious and you actually want to do it as a fun side hobby or gag or whatever, then you can literally use your training and make it pay for itself. So you could literally make your training free. Well, I'm thinking I'm just going to pick up girls with this. I mean, it works. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It works. <laughs> I used to, I used to joke. Um, I, I, like I told you, I grew up doing magic. I used to, I joke now, especially in my college shows, I go, people think, oh, I use hypnosis to get girls. No, silly men. I use <laughs> magic to get girls. I use hypnosis to keep them. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say it just like that because then everyone's like oh that's funny but he had a different tone when he said that that's also kind of creepy and then it makes me nervous <laughs> laugh yeah well I mean the, the way I said it sounded kind of creepy what I meant was you no, know I know just, I know <laughs> I mean I a, know other people might not <laughs> yeah what I meant is you know just as a just as a way to have something to grab people's attention I think that's like that's a great thing you know, that's also magic. Yeah, that's also why uh, for people who can't, who are just listening, not seeing, that's also why I have a custom hypnotist shirt on now. And then on the back, yeah. it says, um, some, it says on the back, something like, let me hypnotize you or something. Mm. Uh, so that way when I'm just walking, I literally like last month I was grocery shopping and some woman was like, are you really a hypnotist? And I go, oh yeah, I just got hired at Notre Dame university to do a virtual hypnosis show. Mm. And then 24 hours later, she's following me on YouTube, watching my videos. Do you sell those as well, the t-shirts? Uh, yeah, no, I don't sell them. I give them away specifically to, uh, I have a actually bag in my closet of them of different sizes. And I give them away to students who take my mentorship because the mentorship mm. is so expensive because it's a, it's a career training within a 48 hour period with me and one-on-one. So they get a t-shirt and a bunch of other free um, hypnotist gear and goodies and access uh, to both me and just, general things like t-shirts to wear to kind of self-promote self-advertise and make their life and job easier because it's my it's i'm under the impression for it's just a personal thing i believe that if someone's going to pay me to teach them something that can make them a ridiculous amount of money as a career and have fun with it even if they want to mm -hmm. do it as a hobby people get paid hundreds if not thousands to do what i do as a hobby um, if you're going to get paid really well and, and you're going to pay me really well to teach you how to get paid really well to have fun or to have this as a career that you deserve, deserve some freebies and some goodies and you deserve to make your life a little bit easier. And a t-shirt is one of the easiest and most natural ways to self-promo without having to pay for it. Awesome. And with that, we're going to end. I'm going to let you go. Um, you. I'm kind of bummed that I actually was enjoying this. <laughs> Well, I was enjoying it too. Do you, um, so the website is um, hypnokick.com. So the, what, yeah, uh, the training, the hypnosis training website is hypnokick.com, H-Y-P-N-O-K-I-C-K.com. And um, I was doing weekly lessons. We, we've kind of, um, we've slowed down a bit. We're doing 
one free lesson a month now, but I mean, still, if anyone goes there, that's new to hypno kick, there's literally a ton of free information. I've literally heard some of my students have done hypnosis on family, friends, or at their high school, just based off the free lessons alone. Um, and then there's a training tab, which gives a 10 page free ebook on the basic summary history of hypnosis, the safety precautions and the four steps, as well as the word for word script on how to hypnotize someone. And then obviously the next step after that is the $30 a month mentorship or members area. Sorry. And then the big bad ass mentorship if they want, um, or you could just enjoy entertainment by going to youtube.com forward slash John ways, J O N W A Y E S. And I literally have hundreds of free entertainment videos and a few therapeutic videos on my channel that you can enjoy. And I've like, I've over a million views on my overall channel now. So there's a bunch for you to enjoy. And we just released an episode where the viewer gets to decide where in the United States I go and what I have to do. So like you get to choose, do I go to Chicago or do I go to California? Uh, do I go to the streets? Do I go to the beaches? Do I hypnotize someone to do this or to this? So everything is viewer based and they get mm -hmm. to dictate what happens, which a lot of people have been uh, finding both interesting, engaging, and kind of uh, I think I'm the only hypnotist right now doing viewer interactive episodes, which people like mm. apparently, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a go it's always good idea to engage your audience. They really like that. Yeah. It also, it's also interesting because it shows you what, based on the views. When I look back at it through the private videos, it shows me who selects what, how often and mm -hmm. what people most want to see. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. And then obviously always following it up a week or two later with like behind the scenes of how you made the episode um, also blows up, especially when you have a girl slumped over hypnotized in the thumbnail. They love that. <laughs> Gets all the views. Thank you, by the way, for having me on do this. Um, th this wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be after a five hour interview last night. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you did great. Thank, um, you. thank you for coming on and thanks everyone for listening. Uh, apparently I looked at the stats um, today and we have a lot of viewers from Australia for some reason. I'm in uh, the UK. <laughs> so oh, to, okay, I was wondering. Yeah, I'm in the UK. I, I'm, from, I'm from Poland originally, but I live in the UK. Uh, and, Interesting. But for some reason we have a lot of viewers from Australia, even though I don't really have any friends from Australia. So to all of you Australians out there, uh, if you if you're from Australia, comment in the comment section. And say where are you from. Wait, are they live like right now watching it? No, 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 no. <laughs> no oh, they... I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, you know that's actually. Hello, people. Gonna, that's what I'm actually gonna do for the. I think what I'm gonna start doing is I'm gonna make these podcasts live um, because it's just such an attention grabber. Like if you do it on Twitter, yeah. Uh, and if you go live on Twitter, it just goes on top of the feed. You know that person is live, so you know it's just like, mm. a, like an immediate attention grabber for all your followers, because no one no yeah. one else is doing it because it's not something that people on Twitter usually do. Because people on Twitter are usually quite. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it is. You can know, uh, you know, Periscope. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I used Periscope years ago. Yeah. So so Twitter wow. bought Periscope. So now if you go live on Twitter, oh, okay. that's Periscope. It's the same thing.
Gotcha. No, you should definitely do it because when I was on the Gym Master Show last night for hours, he was live on <clears throat> he was live on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, and I think like one other. And we had people from like literally America, Holland, Canada, Europe, mm -hmm. all over the place. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Just go live on all of them. Facebook, yeah, you know, YouTube, all of them. That's okay, tight. thank you for being on. And yeah, thank uh, you. And thanks everyone for watching. Bye bye.